Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. This is day two. We are really drilling down on negotiating. I think all of you will 100% agree that this is a perfect time to really become a absolute professional when it comes to negotiating. Negotiating is an art and a science, but really in a market like this, we're transitioning from the old reality to the new reality. What you're going to discover, it's not just about analytical facts and figures and CMAs and percentages and appraisers and all the rest of it. It's also a good bit about psychology. Psychology, uh, you know, your psychology, how you're thinking and you're acting, but also the psychology of everybody else involved in the transaction. And it's okay and normal for you to feel an unusually high amount of stress right now. I want to make that really clear. It is completely normal for you to uh, feel a little bit more stressed out, not necessarily know why. What's happening is because we're going through this very noticeable transition in the economy because we're going from, you know, what was to what is and all the other things that are happening. We talk about a lot in this podcast. It's you're going to feel uh, not only yourself uh, going through the process, but also everyone around you. Now, a strong suggestion to get your mindset in, in, in alignment with the person you want to be is you definitely want to be introspective about why you're feeling the way you're feeling. In other words, let's just start out with you're feeling the way you're feeling because maybe you're experiencing a higher level financial stress or maybe really what it is, and it's probably mostly what it is, everyone else around you is experiencing a higher level of financial stress and it's causing uncertainty. It's causing them to be fearful. And what people have a tendency to do when they're feeling that way is they get mean. <laughs> you know, and sometimes they get mean in irrational ways. You're perfectly nice seller who every time you went over to their house, they made you milk and cookies and was the sweetest, nicest person you've ever met in your life. Now, all of a sudden, they're like a sociopath. That is called being under stress. And a lot of people are not used to feeling the stress of financial worries. A lot of people aren't used to feeling the stress uh, that uh, a changing economy in a recession brings. And so you need to be empathetic and sympathetic, but really what you need to do is you need to shield yourself. Otherwise you can't be a professional. There's an old saying we teach this to our coaching clients is you have to show, you know, show, com you know, show sympathy, show compassion, but don't absorb those emotions, right? You know, that's the key is you don't want to, you can uh, definitely allow them to use your shoulder to cry on, but you've got to make sure that you don't absorb those emotions. You have to be a professional like a doctor would. You have, need to learn how to have good bedside manner. And it all comes down to scripts. And what an amateur, non-professional real estate person will do, or really any professional will do, is they are going to allow themselves to absorb those emotions. And what happens is when you do that, you quickly... Um, burn yourself out and you, because you don't have anything left for yourself or your family, you're not feeling, you know, particularly motivated yourself. This is the reason you need to be introspective. So if you right now listening to me talk before we get to our first point, or you're feeling an extra level of stress, if you're feeling a little bit frayed at the edges, it's okay. It's normal. Okay. Start there. There's nothing wrong with you. And now what do you need to do to make those emotions go away? And here's the first thought for you, write everything down that is in your head and just do a massive brain dump. And this is again, a very good technique when you're feeling sort of unidentifiable stress, 
Just take a tablet of paper, a good old fashioned yellow, you know, long legal pad, and then write every single thing that's down in your mind. All the to do's, all the insecurities, all the everything, anything and everything, write it all down. And just that exercise by itself is going to make you feel better because you're going to start allowing all the little thoughts that occasionally creep up and ruin your day that hide in the shadows of, you know, the only basically visit you when you're feeling particularly vulnerable, all those emotions and all those thoughts will start to melt away when you write them down. Cause what you'll quickly discover is that your life is really very simple when you're focusing on very few things and in a market like this and a time like this, that's what you should be doing. But when you see that long list of thoughts that have been in your head, you'll realize that there's a lot of stuff that you're allowing to manifest that you didn't invite in and you want to get the hell out. And the first thing to do is identify them, write them down, and then just go through every single one of those line items with a pen. And then ask yourself, okay, is this, you know, do it delegated or ditch it if it's a task, right? So if it's a task that appeared on your, on your, uh, you know, your brain dump list, ask yourself, is it something I need to do? And if it's no, uh, or if it's, if it's no, then scratch it off. If it's something you need to do, then the next question is, is kind of delegate it. And if you can delegate it or then ditch it, like I said, and give yourself permission to throw things out. Now, how do you know what to throw out? How do you know what to stop doing your business in a market like this? You have to be opportunistic and you have to think short term. And I know that flies in the face of how a lot of you think. But you've got to be thinking in terms of what can I be doing now that's going to generate money for myself in the next 60 to 90 days. Anything that's explorative, anything that's sort of, you know, maybe one day it'll pay off. You know, you can know what I'm talking about, listeners. Pot, we're talking about, um, you know, starting anything new as far as, uh, you know, branding or starting anything new as far as building a team or starting anything new as far as even working on social or doing anything like that. All those exercises need to take a backseat to focusing on being a service to other people and making money because what we're going to be experiencing is not the overwhelming or the overall feeling of confusion and fear for most people. It's going to intensify over the next 60 to 90, maybe even uh, days, maybe even six months. But you should be hopefully realizing that you don't have to participate in the sort of unconscious uh, overwhelm feeling that's kind of taking over. And you need to start dialing into the fact that because so many people are going to be going to a place of fear, you can be going to a place of strength because you're bettering yourself and you're putting yourself in your mindset in a place of being of service to those people. All your competitors are going to probably not know which direction to go. You need to put yourself in a position where you can be a leader. Start by leading yourself. And the best way to do that is start with that brain dump exercise. And then you're going to get that long list of things you wrote down, down to like five or six things. Then get those things done. And then what is your life? What should we or what would we prescribe your life to be? Focus in on three to five things that you're going to do every single day. And that should be your way that you're going to live for the foreseeable future. And those three to five things, by the way, we talked about this a lot in premier coaching, but those three to five things are going to be things that are going to um, make sure you're solidifying your own mindset and the mindset of the people that you know, love and care about the most. And also that you're concentrating on making money. So for example, every single day you want to do some exercise, some vigorous exercising if you're up to it. Next, you're going to want to show overt appreciation for everyone in your life that you know, love and care about. Start with your family. If you don't have a family, start with your cat. By showing appreciation, it immediately makes you feel better. Make sure you're not hiding behind a CRM or drip campaigns. Have meaningful, intentional conversations with folks 
that is going to lead to a you know real estate transaction. Learn how to pre-qualify. Again, these are all things that we help you to understand. But your life should be, at the end of the day, three to five things. And when you do those three to five things at a high level every single day, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, no matter what happened that day in the news with inflation, with housing, with the recession, with all this other stuff, it won't matter because you know you did what you were supposed to do. And the things that you were doing are the types of things that build momentum that lead to more transactions, which creates financial security for yourself. Guys, life, real estate especially, does not have to be difficult. You have to give yourself permission to focus on fewer things right now so you can accomplish those things at a higher, and if not the highest level. And it's okay to feel a little bit of fear now. It's not okay after dialing into our podcast and especially our coaching program to allow yourself to continue to feel fear. Because the bottom line is knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. And if you're feeling a heightened level of stress right now or fear, it's because your subconscious mind is probably telling you that you're not prepared for the market that's coming. Listen to it and do something about it supplement with a higher level of training and education and learn to become the agent you've always dreamed dreamt you would be and start helping people the level that you always helped hoped you would and start making the money that you always hoped you would and frankly you deserve to once you've learned the skills necessary to help people in this market julie Yes, yeah, so that brings us to raising your skill level for negotiation, remembering that most people live most of their lives in conflict avoidance. So you can assume that buyers and sellers, the other agent, and maybe even you are feeling that stress of avoiding the conflict. Well, you have to negotiate to get the deal done, so stop avoiding it and get better at it. Part two in our negotiation series, what do you know about the seller's priorities? Remember that negotiating is reaching an acceptable agreement between parties who have different needs. So find out what's important to each party so you can give and take on both sides in such a way that everyone feels satisfied. These points are relevant for you if you're the listing agent or if you're the buyer's agent. Just keep in mind what you're able to disclose or not disclose, but ask good questions and take good notes. Again, knowledge equals confidence. So find out what you can prior to negotiating. And we've even provided for you once you're a, have signed on to Premier Coaching, which you can do super easily by texting Premier to 47372 or simply go to, uh, what is it? Members. Uh, members at timandjulieharris.com because we have these great pre-negotiation checklists for the subject property, for the seller, which is what we're talking about today, as well as for the buyer side, which we'll talk about tomorrow. That way you can gather your facts and negotiate at a higher level. So simply right now, a good way for you to cross this bridge, you know, cross where we, the old market to the new market as fast as you can is obviously join Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372 text the word premier to 47372 or just simply go because the premier text doesn't work everywhere all the time if you're outside the continental united states for example you can just go directly to members.timandjulieharris.com members.timandjulieharris.com do that urgently members.timandjulieharris.com and you can join premier coaching what we're uh, presenting to you guys today is is a checklist a negotiating checklist but we also have waiting for you over on Premier Coaching, every single script, objection, handler, presentation. If you want to do social media, letting your market know about market transitioning uh, into this new market, all the rest of it, 
We've given you some great video ideas, all kinds of things, everything that you could need to build your business in this market, in any market. It is included with Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. And yes, 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 listeners, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris certified coach. Just text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. So back to our negotiating with regards to the seller, what do we need to know? And again, whether you're the listing agent or you're on the buyer side, it's important for you to gather your facts before you start negotiating if your intention is to bring two or more parties together to a resolution. So it makes sense that you'd have the facts. Point number one, what is the seller's motivation? Why are they moving? Do they want to move or do they have to move or have they already moved? Generally, a seller who has already bought their next home is more motivated than one who's only moving if they can get their price and hasn't even looked for the next property. Ask the listing agent and see what you can find out about the situation. Now, this is assuming you're on the buyer side and you're trying to find out the seller's motivation. Obviously, if you're on the listing side, uh, you should know, but you'd be surprised how many times they lose sight of that. You'll have already pre-qualified the seller using our seller pre-qualification script and you'll know the seller's motivation. But to Julie's point, really important, this listing agent, especially in a market like this, will sometimes show the seller's cards and give you the motivation or why they're actually selling. Look for those motivations when you're perhaps going through the house and you're previewing it, for example, or you're showing it to your buyer. Uh, Are there boxes in the garage, for example? Are they already packing the house? Do you see signs of where they might be going next without obviously snooping, but there's overt things that people will often do. Or do you notice that, for example, there are no clothes in the closet or there's only ladies clothes and not men's clothes that might tell you there's something going on, those types of things. And then if you see signs like that, well, those people are moved. They're either half moved, fully moved, or they're getting ready to move. That's a really great sign. Yes. So point number two, what is the seller's ideal closing and possession date? Do they have a specific time frame which is important to them? Do they need a lease back, a longer or shorter closing time? Are they building or relocating or have other concerns about how the timing will work? So for example, maybe you're working with a buyer and maybe you've done some comps and you're not so comfortable coming in over list or even at list and you're going to come in a little bit low. Well, it would be wise to find out what else you can give the seller, like their possession date, their closing date, and meet their time frame if they're not going to get what they're thinking of as their price. 99% of the time, uh, convenience of the move means more to the seller than money. And if you do exactly what Julie just said, and you call the listing agent, and you find out what the seller's time frame is, and let's say other offers come in competing with yours, and those other offers are even for better financial terms to the seller, this, but you've given the seller you know, 60 days to close and 60 days after that to lease back or whatever the deal is, you will find they'll take your offer even if it's, because why? It's not that they couldn't afford to move twice. They didn't want the hassle of it. Enter kids, enter pets, enter all the nastiness that goes along with moving. Bottom line, know what they're motivated by, but you know, and then obviously know what their time frame is and write the offer so that it's conducive to what the seller's needs, wants, and desires are. That's right. We actually had a coaching client come to us and say, I can't believe we lost out. We were 12% over list price and we offered the seller a two-week close, to which one of our hair certified coaches said, did you ask whether the seller wanted a two-week close or did you assume that that was important? 
Coaching client calls back, finds out that the seller actually was building a new house that wasn't going to be done for 60 days and really didn't want to close that fast. It is a mind bender for uh, agents, frankly, inexperienced agents mostly, mm -hmm. that the most important thing to 99.9% .9 of all sellers is not money. That's right. Now, again, if they have families with children and pets and whatever, that's absolutely even more true. But the reality of it is, is most people will are willing to pay for convenience most people are willing to accept less money for less hassle. Many businesses are predicated on that. So just keep that in mind. Point That's number right. four. So, well, point number three. So three. what else besides price, to Tim's point, is important to the seller? Do they have a stainless steel fridge that they just can't part with? Would they rather include all the furniture with the sale? Are they taking the hot tub and the pool table? I mean, how many single guy houses did we have where they had to have that fridge? But it's the opposite is also true as well. Maybe the seller doesn't want to take the pool table, doesn't want to hassle with the hot tub. Maybe the, you know, whatever. Maybe the seller wants to leave all the furniture. Maybe they inherited the property and the, you know, it's owned by whatever and they are out of state and they don't even want to screw around with all the necessary stuff to get the house, uh, you know, essentially boxed up. Find out and maybe just take the house as is. Maybe take that, you know, moldy pool table and the crusty hot tub and get rid of it later. Because really, at the end of the day, it might take something like that to really get a deal together. Point number four. Point number four, has the seller had other offers and turned them down? If so, what was wrong with those offers? A lot of times, listing agents will tell you exactly what the seller shot down so that you cannot make the same mistake. Point number five, has the home been in contract previously and returned to active marketing? Well, what caused that? Were there inspection problems, condition or appraisal or financing issues? Maybe it went back on the market because the buyer didn't perform, not because the seller didn't perform, but find out the skinny so that you can make a better offer. Many of you for the first time in your careers, if you've only been licensed for say 12 to 15 years or less, you're now dealing with inspections. And here's just a quick rundown you know, your buyer goes and contract on a house, the buyer writes in the contract that they have a certain amount of time to get the house inspected. After the inspection happens, the buyer then has the right, the ability to then ask the seller to fix anything that would be an unsatisfactory condition, usually having not to do with um, decorating and whatnot, but having to do with maybe an undisclosed condition issue, age of hot water tank, maybe is way past its primer, you know, foundation issue or something like that. The seller then has the opportunity to say no, yes, maybe so, somewhere in the middle, and or the buyer has an opportunity to back out. That's traditionally how it's happened. And what you're gonna see is for the first time, a lot of agents, and this is listing agents, so get ready to deal with this, a lot of agents are not going to necessarily know how to deal with inspections and their buyers wanting to do inspections. So if you're a more experienced listing agent, you're probably going to have to help that buyer, inexperienced buyer's agent work on the inspection so that the buyer doesn't think they're obligated or even able to ask for every single little nitpicky thing that's on the inspector's list. There is, and that's going to be an art and a science too. We talk a lot about that in Premier Coaching and Julie was mentioning deals that fell out. You're going to see a lot of deals fall out uh, last month, maybe the month before that because of fancing, but a lot more going forward because inexperience dealing with a, a appraisal, not an appraisal issue, but an inspection issue. Which by the way, we did a whole podcast about, about a week and a half ago, since we know that you guys haven't dealt with inspection issues for a long time. So make sure you refer to that podcast for help. All right. So point number six, is this a competing offer situation? Now, as reported in the past couple of weeks, we're at about 50% of the time now agents are having to compete down from nearly 100% 
in recent months and years. So find out if you're even competing. Don't assume that you are. In the upper ends, we are definitely knowledgeable because we have lots of coaching clients around the country who are now getting one offer on their upper end listing. Um, and some of you are not knowing how to deal again with the psychology of the seller who was hoping and expecting and dreaming of a thousand offers. And so you're not knowing how to get the seller to understand that the first offer in a market like this is almost always the best offer. That's a script. And a property, it's a script that we teach you. And a home does not go up in value the longer it sits on the market, Mr. Seller. It's similar to a gallon of milk in the cooler at the, refrig at, at the uh, grocery store. So keep that in mind. These are all scripts and skills all of you need to be developing. Otherwise, you're going to get the listings, but you're also going to lose the listings. Remember the super, super big secret we shared with you guys a couple weeks ago about how to be a successful listing agent. The super big secret was have the listing when it sells. In a market like this, that's not going to be the first listing agent or maybe not even the second or the third. It's going to be the one that learned from all the other agents that failed and has gotten the skills together to know how to actually placate the seller, work the deal so the actual you know, buyer is willing to accept the house and the deal closes and you get paid. Next point. Well, that's right. So let's finish this up. The questions to ask, are you competing? If so, how many offers? If not, what's the showing activity? And does the listing agent have interest from their own buyers? So point number seven, is there a contingency plan? Again, mostly if it's your seller, we'll talk about the buyer tomorrow. If it doesn't sell or doesn't sell for a certain price, is keeping the home an option for them, or is this a must-sell situation? That is going to color your negotiation. Let me take a half step back. You said that asking the listing agent whether there's other offers. Mm -hmm. Inexperienced, amateurish agents are gonna always say there's other offers to yeah. try to get you to entice your buyer to um, make a higher offer. What I would suggest is offer, ask that question in the order in which Julie has written these questions. Ask first what the seller is, what's important to the seller. Get out of the listing agent. What matters to the seller? Time frame, you know, any sort of, you know, um, what's included and what's not. Exactly. Get all that information, and then ask how many. Like, get some in, intel on if there's any competing offers. But ultimately, it doesn't matter if there's competing offers. And if you're dealing with a inexperienced listing agent, they're probably going to try to do everything in their power to lead you to believe there's competing offers, so that you'll entice your buyer to write a higher offer. What really matters is the terms and conditions that the seller wants. So make sure you're really drilling down and asking those questions. And so, Julie, sorry for taking two steps back. Oh, Which no, that's okay. That was all of my points. Again, we have turned this into a simple fill-in-the-blank question and answer. Uh, quest, you know, it is a questionnaire. Basically, a pre-negotiating checklist so that you can be gathering all of your intel. You know, when you're negotiating, remember that every situation is different. It's almost like you're figuring out the different pieces of puzzles and then you're putting those together to create the finished product, right? So we've got some pieces of puzzle from the seller. We've got some puzzle pieces from the buyer. We've got to make them link up so that this all makes sense. Not every situation is going to be the same. And again, this is different for most of you who have had a pretty specific negotiating pattern. Buyers got to waive virtually everything. You might even have to be <laughs> as is. You're probably going to go at list or over list. Just depends on how much. Then you're going to have to waive the appraisal and you're going to pray that you're the winning the offer. That's been the recipe for a long time. And many of you, that's been your negotiating strategy. And then on the listing side, it's choose whatever looks like the best offer. Those times are changing, obviously. So we're rolling out these different techniques, tactics for you. 
and strategies so that you don't get stuck in this shifting market not knowing what to do. So what we're looking at right now, what Julie has created for you, and this is day two of this, is our actual questionnaires. These are things that are designed for you to print off and they're questions just like we've been presenting them to you. And you're then supposed to ask the questions and you're then supposed to write in what the depending on who you're using these questions, you're supposed to ask seller these questions, get the buyer these questions. You're supposed to go through this so you have a non-emotional, frankly, professional approach to actually negotiating the deal. Remember, I started out today's podcast and I was talking about that emotional angst that is omnipresent in everyone in every market everywhere, right? There's a sort of cloud that's formed over. It's normal. It's natural. There's nothing wrong with you. We're all going through this together. Just start there. There's Again, if you're feeling a higher level of angst, you got to lean into this type of content because when you are looking to cut through this sort of unbridled emotion that's causing you to feel fear and the fear just leads you to complacency, the fear leads you to thinking that tomorrow is going to be worse than today, when you believe that tomorrow is going to be worse for, than today, what actions do you take today? Do you take actions that are going to make it so that tomorrow is worse than today or make it so that tomorrow is better than today? What happens is if you get rooted and stuck in the, in the muck of fear, you actually make the fear manifest going forward. So you make tomorrow worse than today. That is an interesting mindset approach. But the way to cut through the fear is with the knowledge. With the way to gain the knowledge is using a checklist like this, asking questions, because then you're not reliant on emotion. It's very difficult to get people when they're at a heightened state of emotion to give you really clear, concise answers. But the only way you're going to get deals together is with clear, concise answers. That's what these checklists are for. So new premier members, listen, these checklists in the order in which we're presenting them are waiting for you over on Premier Coaching. If you want to join Premier Coaching, do so urgently. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just simply go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members.timandjulieharris.com. This information, obviously, a lot more is waiting for you. That's right. And so there is a really great unintended consequence by doing things like using these checklists prior to negotiation. How much better will your buyer or seller feel when you show up to, to meet with them to put together that offer or you do a Zoom call or you meet them for coffee, whatever, and you have your che checklist in front of you. Here's what we know about the seller and the listing and their situation. Or if you're on the listing side, here's what I've gathered to know about the buyer. We'll talk about that tomorrow you're going to come off as much more professional than an agent who is just winging it and has answers like, well, you know, we can pretty much assume that we're competing and, you know, we're going to have to go over lists because that's how it's been. And, you know, I don't know if it'll work out, maybe 50% shot and we'll see how it goes. That's how somebody who is not professional handles negotiation. And it does not give the buyer or seller a whole lot of confidence that you're going to win. You're unplugging the other uh, people involved in the transaction from their heightened irrational emotional state and you're plugging them into facts. So imagine using Julie's form and you've interviewed, you know, you're essentially like talking with your seller, but in front of you, you've answered, asked all the questions of the co-op potential buyer. You can actually share your form with the completed answers with that seller. Can you imagine how much more comfortable and confident you're going to feel? Can you imagine how much more comfortable and confident they're going to feel knowing that you're actually a complete professional in charge of the process? That is going to take them away from leaning into their fear, leaning into their heightened emotional state because they're going to rely on your form. They're going to rely on 
frankly, the black and white answers of what it's going to take to get the deal together. That's what it takes to actually transact at a high level in this marketplace. You need to feel compassion. You need to feel emotion without, you know, you need to show emotion without actually absorbing their emotion. That is very difficult for everyone to do. It's very difficult for even the most grizzled veteran to do, but you have to do it. Otherwise you're going to get stuck in their reality and you're not going to have enough energy and enthusiasm for yourself, for your family to transact, to help more people use this type of information, lean into a professional system. That's what premier coaching is. Anything else you'd like to say is guys. Well, remember that knowledge is confidence and ignorance is fear. So if you're fearing negotiation, it's probably because you haven't worked on these skills. It might be because you've been winging it for a long time. And for some of you, you've gotten used to not being competitive. You lose time and time again. You're not sure why. Well, that's what we're trying to help you with. And on the podcast, you know, this is kind of the 30,000 foot view. If you like what we're presenting now, you'll love coaching because we don't just talk about it. We give you the actual tools for your toolbox. That way you can pull those out. You can use them and you can get to the next level faster. Well, you get to role play the questions. You get to know how different varies of different ways a seller might answer the question. You then will learn more questions to ask based on what the seller, how they just answered. You need to, you'll start developing sort of like supernatural skills mm -hmm. to read between whatever the sellers are saying, because what you'll discover is pretty much for the most part, everyone buys or everyone sells for the same reasons. And so you'll, your brain will start forming new neurological pathways, but it's all really predicated on you having a script to follow. So you know what the conversational outline should be. And then once you've done it a few times, you start developing what's called a level of unconscious competence where you don't have to think about what you're going to say and what the order in which you're going to say, it. you just become a professional. All of you have to get there if you want to last in this business. Speaking of which, we've been getting a lot of inquiries about our involvement with eXp Realty. Yes, of course, Julie and I are aligned with eXp Realty. And of course, we'd love to talk with all of you about joining Julie and I at eXp Realty. eXp Realty is absolutely positively made for a market like this. Um, if you're ready to join eXp Realty and you've not chosen a sponsor, we would love the honor of being your eXp Realty sponsor. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, um, and we'll have a conversation about eXp Realty. Also, look at the notes if you're over on YouTube or if you're listening to us on iTunes. I've also included, Julie and I've also included a lot of links and other information about um sources uh, so you can get more information on eXp or any of our past podcasts or coaching programs. Guys, listen, do not fear this market because here is really an interesting fact. The greatest fortunes of men and women have always been made during the greatest times of change. Like it or not, believe it or not, we are in one of those greatest times of changes now. What we're going to be entering into is going to be completely new for all of us. There's nobody that has all the answers because there's not been this combination of things that have happened at any time in history before. So it's okay for you to feel a little bit, you know, afraid at the edges. That's called normal. But what do you do to make that emotion go away? What do you do to make it so that emotion doesn't manifest itself in something much worse that becomes destructive for yourself and your family? You learn skills. Once you have those skills, you have confidence. And once you have confidence, you're going to see opportunity everywhere. Matter of fact, you're going to see more opportunity than there was in the previous market because there is more opportunity because so many other people, including your competitors, are not going to know what to do, thus creating more opportunity for you to be of service to other people. In the meantime, guys, thank you for continuing to make this number and listen to daily podcasts for real estate professionals in the United States. If you're over on um, YouTube, 
please do subscribe to the channel. We're putting up a lot of YouTube specific content. Help us to make the YouTube channel the number one real estate coaching and training YouTube channel, just like all of you have done with our podcast. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.